Welcome to the new Wolsey Theatre Podcast. I'm Jack. I'm Zanna. And I'm Catherine. Come with us behind the scenes where we take you backstage, on stage, front of house and everywhere in between. Today we are talking to our chief executive of the new Wolsey Theatre, Sarah Holmes, who will be leaving the theatre at the end of May after 22 years at the helm. Welcome, Sarah. Hello, good morning. And a very good morning to you too. We've been looking forward to doing this interview for quite some time and we couldn't quite work out which way around to ask you the question, so we thought we'd mix it up because you always say that's what we do here. We do things differently, so let's try that. You're leaving. Why are you leaving, Sarah? Because it's time. Two years is a very long time to put oneself in a job and to do it with such full-on passion and commitment. And that pandemic was someone else. It was an extraordinary time for everybody, and I found it incredibly difficult to be running a business that didn't actually do what it did normally do, Mm. which was invite people into the theatre to see amazing staff and to have a celebration, to have a good night out or a good afternoon with some mates. And of course, this everybody was in turmoil. It was really hard on the staff. We were all chucked out into our bedrooms to work from. Mm. And I think it's really brought to sharp attention how much we work as a team and how actually being with each other and ploughing through the day and, and, and having the highs and the lows and sorting out the problems is really a group activity. And I know others cope with it better. There was one group, I think, Kat, you were involved in that, where they had an open Zoom and kind of pretended they were all in the same... Yeah, we did. <laughs> Just kept it up for the whole day, <laughs> left when we needed to. <laughs> Which I thought was, was fantastic. Um, we were all right, though, as an organisation. I think that was... There wasn't that pressure of wondering if, we, if it was all going to fall over and, and, and we would be out of business. Mm. Because... We were in a very stable position. We had to make some really difficult choices. We had to make quite a lot of redundancies. We had to cut back on lots of things. But it was business, and we got on with business. Mm. But not having that daily treat of uh, performances or activities of young people doing things or whatever, what mm. we did on a daily basis and took for granted. Yeah, this is it. Really tough, and it went on forever and ever. But I did think it was really important that I saw it through to another side. I always knew, well, very quickly knew that it was never normal. wasn't It didn't exist anymore. We we're never going to go back to normal, which is what I think a lot of people were thinking in in uh, various jobs that they were doing or industries that they were in. Um, normal doesn't exist, and it is hard to get back up to a level of business that is sustainable. Mm. And it's really disappointing that we are... We've had two fantastic productions that we made this spring, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that the touring circuit was going to be pretty shot to bits and there won't be a lot of stuff available to bring through, that we better make some shows ourselves. And they're both fantastic. And, you know, half less than half the audience that we would Mm. have wanted or actually financially need yeah i think there's real hope on the horizon though i think um things will turn around again Mm -hmm. um we worry that people have lost the habit i don't think people's taste has changed Um, no i think they've they've got diverted into other ways of of entertaining themselves or 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 having an experience but i don't think theater's dead i just don't think well i know i haven't got the energy to to to, um (laughs) pull that back up again (laughs) When we talk to audience members when they're coming through the theatre, they have, they all say, 
I mean, really, 99.9% say it's so lovely to be back. What a wonderful experience. But it's just making people take that decision. Mm. Yeah, encouraging them to come back, I think, mm. is the big mm. one. But you've been deciding for quite some time then that you were going to leave and then you went through the pandemic. Well, you and Pete, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. we, we were, had talked about it for quite some time. I mean, yeah. me, me particularly, at one point, just really for another big challenge. And then, then I thought, well, actually, couldn't that not just be a little bit of uh, quietening down? Wasn't that <laughs> going to be a challenge? So, <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I'm very, very happy with the decision. And I think it's absolutely the right time for me and for Pete and for the um, mm. company itself. I mm. think it's uh, having, having a new energy and a new look at how we undertake the work that we do and how we how we actually our mission gets rolled out is mm-hmm. um it's very very exciting mm. and uh, and there's been so many great achievements in the 22 years that you've led the Wolsey for example the new Wolsey's become one of the UK's leading most accessible theatres what else can you think of like what, what do you feel are your achievements over the 22 years being the center of the uh life regional theatres are really really important to be something that people are, have as their own in their own community uh, that is making work that they can identify with. And I think being part of Ipswich and its life is massively important and, 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 a, and a great achievement. I mean, I think I knew that from the very beginning. I'd worked quite a lot in, in other sort of community theatre settings. And for instance, we lived in the, in the middle of the town. We couldn't go and live in a, a village with roses around the door um, and not be actually part mm. of, of the grittiness of, of Ipswich. Our children went to local schools. Um, it, it just felt so nice to be making something that worked for the people that live here. Yeah. Kat, you just asked about achievements. You have, and I know what we meant by that. And yes, of course, the life that living and being immersed in Ipswich life is really important to you. Sarah, you have achieved some almighty things over these years. One of which, as you mentioned, about making the New Woolsey one of the most accessible theatres, we think, in the UK. Can you talk a bit about that and how the journey of doing that? I think that's a very grand statement. Okay. <laughs> I like a grand statement. <laughs> I think we worked ceaselessly to invite everybody into the theatre, particularly looking at people with different characteristics. And uh, there are, I mean, say accessible, it's such a broad term. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I would say it's accessible for um, all sorts of different people. But yes, we have focused a lot on disability. Mm. Um, of all different kinds. You can't put them all in one box. You do have to actually be looking at them all very individually. Um, and just the, the big thing that I think that has been achieved is that the whole organisation is really welcoming, it's really warm, it's really uh, tolerant and, and accepting. Mm. And, and uh, people feel comfortable whatever they come as and, and however they're dressed and 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 what don't feel intimidated by mm. it and but to actually over the years spend a lot of thought on how we improve things to make it even more accessible mm. or mm. more a, a wider even wider audience being able to to come and, and be part of it I think then it is um, particularly focusing on the the disability side of it is that mixing people in the workforce, mixing people on the stages that are coming in, 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 in with different characteristics is, is, is 
just a joy. Mm. And there's so much talent out there. Mm. And particularly, this industry has been pretty bad at recognising that. And these some people have been sitting around talented as heck and not getting work. Mm just because they're a little bit different to who. And, and it really yeah. has been an absolute joy to have those performers um, with us on the stage. It's been a joy to see technicians who thought, oh, I could never do that. I've been excluded from that. Well, that's just not my... Actually, mm. that, of course you can do it. And, um, and, and you're clever and you're talented and, and you're bringing so much depth and, 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 and richness to our lives mm. that... Um, the plus side of it is is just all win, really. Mm. And, you know, Ramps on the Moon, which is now in its seventh year yes. of life. <laughs> I mean, what an extraordinary consortium with theatres all around the country, well, around England, and um, great achievements have been made there. Well, you, you were part of the setup team for Ramps. Yeah, actually, it came out of uh, a new Aussie project called Agent for Change that we got some funding from Esme Fairband to mm-hmm. to do. And it came out of a, a, just a, a very simple question of why are we not getting young disabled kids into our youth theatres? Mm. And uh, chatting away to, to Helen Baggett at the time as one of the pr- practitioners, she said, what we need is an agent for change. And it was like a, a moment of absolute realisation that what we did need was to have a loud and obvious prompt. So that's what we did. We, mm. we, we, and that, that was for a couple of years. Mm. And in, the, in, in that time, we were having companies like Grey Eye through mm-hmm. um, to present their work on, on, on the stage with us. And then I don't really – oh, I think it was, it was part of the Esme project, actually, was mm. to try and do something really, really big to excite the world and, and that's where Thrift the Opera came from which mm. was Pete Rowe directed it with Jenny Seeley who's director of Grey Eye um, it was a wholly uh, integrated company I managed to grab some other theatre mates in to say that they would co-produce it with us and the outcome of it was the most extraordinarily brilliant piece of theatre that was so mm. joyous mm. and so oh just mind-blowingly wow and we sat down afterwards as a, as a bunch of theatres in Nottingham, actually, and said, we should do this again. Mm. Yeah. We should do more of this. Mm. And that fired me. Yeah. So I um, talked to Amy Vaughan, who's a, uh, a, the Arts Council, and said, mm-hmm. this might say, seem a bit crazy, but how's about <laughs> I pulled together some theatres as a consortium and we, um, and we looked to all of us change in our own very different ways that we need to do as organisations. And... Uh, and make real change in the mid-scale mainstream mm. yeah. and kick this ableist nonsense out the window. And if it wasn't for her enthusiasm, it could just have died away. Um, I think meeting Michelle Taylor was was absolutely essential. Mm. I, I uh, met her as a as a um, asking if she would be a, a freelance evaluator for for the Agent for Change project. She's a, a an absolute force. Um, mm. uh, I wasn't scared of her. <laughs> but when she said, and what makes you think you can do it? I went, oh, <laughs> I don't know whether I can, but if I had people like you around me, then I think, you know, we might have a flying chance. And, mm. and because it has to be done. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, oh dear, I'm going to set myself up to fail. This is so obviously yeah. a change that needs to happen. Mm. And if you get a, a critical mass of theatres together that are all going to believe in that mm. and, and, and work hard at it, then um, that's how I think why I think that, that mm. we can do it. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's really gaining traction as well, isn't it? So Oliver Twist, which was Ramps on the Moon and Leeds Playhouse is now on the National Theatre at Home, you know, subscription streaming service, which is amazing. Yeah. So Yeah, the, 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 the uh, reach of it has uh, really grown, but also the employment that those actors and technicians and, and creative people are getting now. Now, okay, they might have got there without Ramps on the Moon, but we gave them profile. Mm. Yeah. And... Um, that is just such a delight. Mm. And it feels like it's been a, a, a really important catalyst for, 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 for all sorts of organisations to change their attitude. Mm. It's not all over by a long, long way. There's a lot, there's a lot further to go. But it does feel like the mainstream now is, is much more understanding mm. and yeah. less fearful. I think that the, the big thing about, um, surprises me, um, but people get very unsure as how to talk to, how to approach. Am I saying the right thing? Have I got the right language? Am I being offensive or what? And, and sort of freezes them into doing nothing. Mm. Mm. Uh, what, what if I invite, uh, some people to audition and I don't actually have the right environment for their particular needs, you know, and, and I get it all wrong mm. and, 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 uh, and, and you just have to say, well, Make the mistakes, mm. apologise, don't do it again, or if you do it again, don't do it a third time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learn from your mistakes and try and improve. Yeah. Mm. And actually, it's not difficult. Um, people are people. Yeah. Yeah. Talent's talent. Yeah, and that's very much what, um, you know, if you look at the Ramps on the Moon website, it's all about what we've learned too. It's yeah. not about how to do it. It's about... This is what we've learned from doing each particular process. I think it's really, really important that we don't have this uh, opinion that we know how to do mm. it mm. Uh, and we will have toolkits to tell people how to do it. Mm. I think it's really, really important that organisations and, and, and uh, producers go at it their own way. Mm. But, yeah, do a bit of um, poking around to see other mm. people's stories of what, what they've done and how they've done it and talk talk to people talk to to, to the actual mm. people you're, you're wanting to employ just just um open yourselves up and but do it your way mm. and critically it has to be embraced by the leadership of an organization yeah yeah for years there were things called access officers who sat in the middle of an organization that that um tried to 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 invite various different people in and with various ways of making it more accessible for the, the, their visit to the theatre more accessible. But it just, it, it, it was, it was not, um, it's not wholly embraced by the, by the organisation. Mm. And had some good things happen. There's no doubt about it. Um, but actually when a, a leadership says, this is what we're doing and, and we believe it and we're doing it throughout the organisation, then it does start to fly. Yeah. Yeah. And that filters down through the staff members as well in the organization. You know, you know, people here, you know, doing the captioning or learning British Sign Language or, you know, everybody's learning as a result of that. So their lives, they become more involved in it as well. Mm. And that's important is that people do get practical hands on, uh, development themselves through, through organizational change. Uh, I think we, it's been really important throughout the 22 years, that growing of people, as I call it. People come, often come in, uh, through the, the, the very lowest possible entry into the, into the organization. And before long, that they're, 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 uh, doing something really, really that they never thought in a million years that they would do. So to actually be able to give people 
staff the opportunity to learn new things, to, to, to contribute to, to the mission, um, is absolutely essential. Mm. Um, success does not come without risk, classic phrase, but you must have taken some major risks in your life to be able to achieve some of the things that you've done. What's the greatest risk or challenge? I think probably taking on the job in the first instance. Mm. It was um, a dead theatre uh, with, with, a, with a glorious past, um, with, a, with a creaky end. Mm. Um, and it just coincided with when I was really up for a new challenge. Mm. It, and, and what a responsibility to drag my family along that challenge. Mm. Um, but they, are, they were up for it as well. Yeah. Um, but we had absolutely no idea if it would succeed or not. It was one of those real major risks of um, we don't know whether it will work. And that there was a kind of a freedom in that as well because it was, well, if it doesn't work, we'll do something else. Yeah. Um, there was one moment when, when we were struggling to, to uh, find schools for, for, for our children to go to. Mm. They're all full, and um, we didn't live anywhere. So a few sort of serious trips on the way, and um, Pete said, well, if we don't get them into the, the schools, then we'll, we just won't be able to do the job. I went, oh, okay, well, well, right, because I've resigned and you're freelance, and uh, we've—I think we've nearly sold the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my knickers are packed, mate. We're off. <laughs> Even you got there was nothing here, though. Everything had gone. You well, literally no, started. Really hadn't from... gone. Right. Okay. Um, the theatre was still here. The roof still leaked. Yeah. Um, there had been. A, it went into liquidation, and and the staff had got out quite quickly sadly mm. um so it looked um inhabited but not inhabited so there were you know nobody had tidied up and uh, and the, the front of house manager was reading the horse whisperer at the time and sort of open on page 64 <laughs> and there was you know somebody's woolly jumper over the back of a of a chair and mm. there were coffee cups that hadn't been washed up for two years you know that really, oh, really? Like, still happens doesn't it <laughs> always coffee cups that have been washed up for two years around the <laughs> that's not true uh, and and uh, Jane Knight who's the uh, arts development officer for the county council managed to keep together the uh, the then existing um, funding partners Ipswich Borough Council Suffolk County Council and the Arts Council it wasn't a huge amount of money hmm. but it was enough um, it certainly uh, they and they had the, a new board had been formed there was a there was an embryonic uh, I mean somebody had to interview us and offer us a job, offer us a job. Oh, yeah of course um, so, there, so, so there was a bunch of, of brave people who were, were trying to um, resuscitate it but it couldn't they didn't. They weren't experts at, at running theatres and looking at the uh, the finances that are available and 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 the experience that I'd had. Uh, it could not be the producing theatre that it had been, and it needed a, a completely new um, approach to, mm. to 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 how we would um, keep the doors open and, and extraordinary things happening inside. Mm. Uh, so it was not without its challenges. Um, it's true to say. Imagine. <laughs> Um, we've kind of spoken about, we've touched on it already a little bit, but relationships within the local community are at the heart of this theatre. I mean, it's a it's a big question, but why is that so important to the theatre? Because we are we are the centre of the Ipswich universe. 
<laughs> That's it. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> if you don't have um, a cultural facility, and there are others in Ipswich as well, I'd, 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 I'd not deny <laughs> that there are many other um, organisations enriching people's lives and, and providing all sorts of marvellous things. Um, I don't think any town, city, community is the best it can be if it doesn't have something like this at the centre of it. And, I mean, if you go back, I, I wasn't around, but, you know, that the, in, the, in the, the very old days when um, they didn't have books or, or, or knew how to write and they'd sit around campfires and tell stories. Um, and that's how people learn. That's how they... How they uh, Shared experiences, how they how they uh, had joy and and, and 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 sadness and and emotions of all sorts. It's really really important. Mm. And and I, yeah, I love film. Um, I don't have a lot to do with television, but there is you know there are many many other forms. Mm. But actually, having a a building, an organisation that you can walk to or or get to, and and you can go in with other people and share an experience mm. makes a really important difference to 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 a town's life. Mm. The, the, the makeup of the population it's which has changed hugely. And that's one of the um, really exciting conversations I've been having with Doug, the, the incoming chief executive, mm-hmm. about how we explore uh, and get other uh, communities that are not in our reach at the moment, mm. uh, and and be finding out what what makes them tick and gets them excited. Yeah, um, and I love the mixing up. I, I I love that thing of when you've got not just a, a an audience of this all the same sorts of people. Yeah, but an audience that are all uh, different. Yeah, and all responding differently. Yeah, I think that's why um, our interpretation of the relaxed performance is is one I really really enjoy. Um, it's a, it's a time in which we uh, take the scariness and the and the unexpected out of the show and invite people in and we talk to them a, a, a bit before about and introduce the characters and and what they're going to see and, and why we're doing it and and instead of it being just for a single type of audience, so yeah. a lot of people will do it um, as a dementia-friendly audience mm-hmm. or they'll do it uh, for uh, people with autism or and variously different ways of doing it. And a bit anarchically, we mixed it up and said, right, let's have all sorts of really different people in there. Let's have people who go into the theatre as something they've never done before, mm-hmm. um, who, who don't have a, a – English is not first, their first language. Let's have people who are dementia Liverers, dementia liverers, people living with dementia. Yeah. Uh, let's have people who, who are, uh, various different, different sorts of disability that makes them not want to be in a loud, shouty environment. And, and, and having those different people together mm. in that space. Mm. Um, I know the actors get an absolute buzz off it. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. Um, yeah. And I think audiences really appreciate the, um, the ability to be able to get up and, you know, nip out if they need to and things like that. I think sometimes that can feel a little bit, May, I don't know, a bit scary that they can't leave their seat again until yeah. the interval or something like that, yeah. or they feel they can't. Yeah. So I think that's one of the big things for audiences. Mm. Well, it's like. quite a difficult thing to get out of that auditorium. It's because it's got no central aisle. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the middle of a row and there's not a lot of leg room and you definitely need a wee. Wow. It's really quite hard <laughs> to get past everybody else's knees. 
Um, do you think going back to the to the theatre being an important part of the community and that kind of thing? Do you think it's important that these organisations in the local area are arts organisations? Why do you think the arts are so important? I think it's storytelling, Kat. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, arts is a is a bit um, of a grand title. Yes, <laughs> I think what we're doing is sharing experiences and uh, telling stories, but we're doing it with some extraordinary talent and wizardry. The the uh, the excitement when the lights go down and the stuff on the stage comes alive. Yeah, and the uh, the quality of the um, the work that the technical and creative people put together here is astounding. Mm-hmm. And and you, and you're just blown away by the uh, the sound, the the, the feel, the, the tension, the the, the 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 story that's carrying you along or boring you to bits, but it's still <laughs> something else really good to be enjoying at the time. I, th- I think it's um, it's not art. It, it it's it's something a bit more visceral than that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good question, though. So you mentioned Doug a minute ago. Doug, the man. Who will be our new boss. <laughs> um, you've known him for quite some years. Yes. He uh, has made a number of shows here uh, with us over the years. Um, also, he had his own company called Transport, uh, which was p- predominantly looking at the stories of people who were displaced. I thought there were some really, really extraordinary, heart-rending um, but also warming stories that, that he was he was making with that company. Um, he surprised me when he uh, took the job of artistic director at the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch, which is which is an, another community theatre. He made a fantastic job of it. Uh, he's a very community orientated person, mm. and he's extremely talented uh, a, a, as an artist, which I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that sort of. Uh, um, chief executive I'm a I'm a more of a putting the, the things in place so other people can can make the the extraordinary art um, he's got a real appetite to be the chief executive and I, I, I know uh, there'll be a, some sort of assumption that oh he's an artistic director and he's not going to really get his hands dirty you wait <laughs> he's, he's a he's a live wire He'll, mm. he's um much much quieter than I am Dignified and uh, uh, thoughtful, and he probably thinks about things before he speaks. So that you know, not like me. <laughs> you won't be wandering around the office singing songs out of tune. Oh, how disappointing! <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're looking forward to having him on board in but a few weeks, indeed. Yeah, starts end end of May, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of people, audience members and staff alike, who've sent in questions to ask you. Uh, the overriding one um, is tell us about a time or a show when things went wrong or went really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I don't think wrong is the right word. <laughs> I think not as planned <laughs> is a better way. I'm going to use that. Thank you. <laughs> Wrong sounds like you're right at the end of the road. <laughs> you're not going to dig yourself out of this one. But if you've got things that are not according to plan, which is inevitable when you have live mm, events, yeah. it's inevitable when you have 400 people all in the same place at the same time and plus everybody else who's created the show, it, 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 things are not going to go according to plan. That's part of the fun. That is, oh, and it's and <clears throat> when it does and it derails uh, the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
what always astounds me is how clever people are at picking it up and turning it around and getting it back on its feet yeah. or making something of that change, that development, and how audiences just love it. You know, yes, there's been some extraordinary moments and things that you get a bit bored with. I remember one one day we had a full matinee house and uh, the alarm, fire alarm went off. We evacuated the theatre. We investigated what was going on. We got everybody back in and the alarms went off again. <laughs> and we got everybody out. <laughs> and we investigated what was wrong. And it was a light that had been rigged too close to a sensor. Oh, I see. And as we'd started at the same place that we had left off, I think it was probably a special. It was only something was only on for a, a tiny bit of time, and it did it all over again. <laughs> and that that was that was verging on wrong. Yeah. But I tell you what, it was really good experience for the staff to mm. to mm. have to evacuate calmly and appropriately. And, and uh, I think everybody was pleased to have had that experience. Maybe not twice. Mm. Yeah. Sooner. <laughs> but I think um, that's part of, like, on a smaller scale, and that things going minorly wrong, I think, in Panto, audiences absolutely love that when, I don't know, a wig falls off or things like that. They absolutely love it. Mm. Um, so it is definitely part of the experience I think especially for pantomimes especially and I think there are a lot of actors who actually play that as well we think yeah. you think are mm, was that meant to happen <laughs> actually they're just messing about yeah and they know it's going to get a laugh and <laughs> they did at last performance as well but you know never mind mm. um, it feels like it's a it's a derailing of the situation mm. but um, <laughs> I think that I think it's um it's fun mm. it yeah. gets people really going um what an incredible, adaptable type of person works in the theatre. Mm. And they don't know it till they're doing it and they're confronted with that, with, with that situation of um, something that they are in charge of that didn't quite go as according to plan and they've had to make some change or work it out how to do it together. And mm. it, it, it's, it's the most satisfying feeling mm. to, to get to the other side of it. Yeah, and everyone really does band together, don't they? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, what has been your favourite show of all time? Do you know, I can't have a favourite show. <laughs> you have to. Top no. three. <laughs> I have absolutely many, many favourite moments in shows. Um, and they go back ages. Like Wendy Park and playing the fairy in Cinderella, walking up the auditorium stairs saying, I'll be there. Always for you. So, um, Zippy as the angel and it's a wonderful life. Um, oh, who played Ellie Graham? Nikki, Nikki Dawn playing Ellie Greenwich in, in, uh, Lead of the Pack. They're just moments of incredible poignancy that you, that, that are so shivery. And it's to do with the intensity of their performance. It's to do with their, the quality of their voice, the, 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 the truth. That they that they are portraying, mm. um, and I think every I think I'd, I'd be really hard pressed of, uh, to say that there are many shows that didn't have something mm. in them like that for mm. me. Um, so it, I think it, I think it's moments. I mean, obviously, there's been some stonkers. Um, I mentioned Leader of the Pack. It's a Wonderful Life, Guys and Dolls, mm-hmm. um, many a pantomime, um, mm. certainly opera. I think. Oxy and the Morons. I mean, that, mm. that, 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 
Being able to, on many occasions, you know, most audiences get to see something once. I get to see it as many times as I jolly well like. <laughs> and actually um, being watching them grow as shows, watching those actors grow in their performance and learning things as they go in the, and the way that the audience is so important. It's, mm. it's it, the critical factor that you, you can't have, um, a good show without, a, without a good audience or mm. an audience. Mm. Um, they don't have to behave themselves, but an audience, <laughs> I don't mean like a well behaved audience, <laughs> but an audience that's engaged and, yeah. and, and giving back. Mm. Yeah. No, I always think it's really interesting if you watch, because uh, pantomime goes on for months, if you watch the like a performance early on in the run and then you watch one towards the end of the run and see how it's grown. Yeah. Um, I always find that really interesting. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's the, the fantasticness of um, doing co-producing work where we make something with one or two other theatres uh, together. Uh, usually one organisation will actually take the lead, mm-hmm. um, but we work collaboratively on on what it's going to look like and who's in it and how, who's making it and then taking it from one theatre to the next to the next. Uh, Birds and the Bees was one that we, we had just this this season which played, we, we made it here and then it went to Norwich, to the Playhouse and then it went to the Berry Theatre Royal. I saw it in all those three different places and they're all beautiful, uh, nicely intimate theatres and they had very different characteristics of, of, of the, of the auditorium. And they worked. I mean, it, it worked in each of those different theatres. Mm. Yeah. Which was a joy. And, and actually the show by the end was so sturdy and so, so, uh, honed. Mm. Um, but yet fresh, fresh, fresh as it was mm. to begin with. Yeah. They were incredible. Um, the emotion of those, those characters. It was a brilliant, brilliant play. Right. So, when you've left us, Sarah, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> what am I not going to do? <laughs> oh, no. uh, it's going to be a, a massive adjustment. I do know that everybody keeps telling me mm-hmm. that, that, that um, people sometimes say to me, retirement, I am not having that word. I don't own that. Um, I'm changing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, giving myself, I'm going through my own change program. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take the summer off. Um, I'm, I'm calling it going off grid. Um, okay. Pete and I are going to go exploring uh, a little bit of Europe uh, in a very old camper van. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> we bought a boat. Oh. Yeah. It's a blow up. Canoe. So with bikes on the back and a blow up canoe uh, and a sleeping bag and a, and a, Billy can we're going to take to the road and uh and just have a wonder how lovely oh maybe we should sneak off too as well Zana. Be a very <laughs> we'll good go idea. as well <laughs> that'd be your nightmare wouldn't it Hi. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so we'd probably be sick of each other's <laughs> welcome a bit of something else to mix up the mix <laughs> so traveling i mean you're going to go for a couple of months yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. wonderful no, I'm, I'm, um well i leave here on the uh 12th June mm-hmm. and um, we've got to be back in the country for trio rehearsals mm-hmm. in September mm-hmm. um, so that's a very long time for a lot of adventures to take place it certainly is and I've never had that well I did have a sort of not quite even that long a time when I when I with my very best friend Barbara Goosey uh, drove from one side of America to the other uh, when we were in our early 20s in a 
very beat up um, VW Beetle. Mm. Um, we had a little tent and no money, and we drove from from Los Angeles to New York. Oh, um, wow. So that that was a that yeah. was a pretty similar one where we. I can imagine you got up to all sorts in your twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, maybe it's not entirely uh, broadcastable. To <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, but you've kind of mentioned it already. Will, will we see you here when you get back again? Um, but you mentioned Trio, so you'll be back for rehearsals for that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to let you get on with it because uh, you're all more than capable <laughs> <laughs> and you really want the old smell out of the building. So uh, oh. uh, uh, I do think um, I will be back. Of course I will. Um, I will. I will pop in and see you I will of course come and see work mm. um, and I don't I think it'll be a joy I, I, I don't think I'm going to be sad about it mm. uh, in fact I might like a little rest from theatre <laughs> and I might enjoy it more when I come back yeah coming back for press nights do you think that'll feel really strange or are you no. quite excited for that <laughs> <laughs> no I, well I might come on other nights if, if you feel it oh look here she is I'll, I'll hide on the press nights and come come, come another night <laughs> But actually, the other um, project I have on on board is, is is we've made an application to the Arts Council to uh, for Ramps on the Moon to go into another phase of being, to turn it into a kick a community interest company. Yeah, a community a, interest company. A community interest company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, having had such success in. Six organisations uh, doing a lot of massive change. We want to uh, change the rest of British theatre, one theatre at a time, mm. uh, one organisation at a time. So we'll be working with a lot of different organisations. Mm. This is all. We will be working with a lot of different organisations. If the Arts Council mm-hmm. do uh, accept an application and, yeah. and, and, and that, it's all in the balance. I mean, it's a very, very tricky time yeah. for, for the arts at the moment and very, very tricky time in financial terms for the Arts Council. So mm. there's no absolute um, promise that this will happen. But if it does, then um, come the end of October we'll be smashing into that project. Yeah. Sounds fantastic, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? And very far from any retirement, not that I'm allowed <laughs> to use that word. Well, I wouldn't be doing it 24-7, Zana. That's the difference. Okay. Uh, the, the thing about the New Wolsey Theatre is it's something that has obsessed me. Uh, day and night, seven days a week, 365 days of the year for a very long time. <laughs> and I'm sure Rents will, consider, will continue to obsess me, but I won't uh, be asked in that so much time of myself to yeah. dedicate to it. Mm. Before you go, and I don't mean just from this podcast, but from this <laughs> building to leave us, what advice have you got for all of us that you leave behind? Advice. I'm not, Come on, you know what I'm we mean. <laughs> an agony aunt. Uh, <laughs> no. Yes. I think you all know exactly um what I would say, which is go for it. Um, never sit back. Never, never believe you've got it right and that you've at the end of the line and you, you've got it all worked out. Always think about different ways of doing things and, and, and get excited about things you've seen and bring them into the organization and, 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 and change, change, change. Not for change sake, but just keep on going with the way the world's going or, or, or new, um, always think about the people that you're making it for. Yeah. Um, 
keeping a very happy workforce is absolutely essential, happy and challenged. Mm. And it can be difficult. You know, I, I, I can sometimes be really quite harsh. I know it. Um, but I, I, I do it and I hope I do it in a, in a, in a constructive way. Should we say yes? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can cut that. Of course out. you do. <laughs> it's staying in. <laughs> Well, I think that's it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank oh, you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much for, for joining us and telling us all about your leading the Wolsey for 22 years. Oh, look, it's been a pleasure. I think podcasts are, are, are really exciting. Now, there you go. There's a change. There's a development. That's something that we haven't didn't have 22 years ago. Mm. And, and it is people really do decide. Most people say to me, I'm just going to have a chill out and I'll listen to my podcasts. Or I'm going on a train journey and I'll listen to some podcasts. I'm going to do a bit of yoga. I'll listen to a bit of podcasts. You know, it's, it's now. Yes. It's the way to reach people. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends about us and give us a share on social media. If you'd like to get involved with our podcast, please drop us an email to podcast at woolseytheatre.co.uk. We have a full and exciting programme of shows, activities and events throughout the year. For more information, visit our website at woolseytheatre.co.uk or call the box office on 01473 295 900. The New Woolsey Theatre is a registered charity and relies on funding partners, investors and donations. We gratefully acknowledge the support of Arts Council England, Suffolk County Council and Ipswich Borough Council. This podcast is for entertainment purposes, is produced and managed by our friends at podtalk.co.uk and is the copyrights of the New Woolsey Theatre. I think podcasts are, are, are really exciting. Now, there you go. There's a change. There's a development. That's something that we haven't didn't have 22 years ago. Mm. And, it, and it is people really do decide. A lot of people say to me, I'm just going to have a chill out and I'll listen to my podcasts or I'm going on a train journey and I'll listen to some podcasts. Or, I'm going to do a bit of yoga. I'll listen to a bit of podcasts. You know, mm. it's, it's now. Yeah. It's the way to reach people. Mm-hmm.